0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years, our Detroit Lions podcast here on The Athletic. I am Nick Baumgartner, of course, with the great Colton Pouncey, back from Indianapolis. Of course, you've been back for a couple days, now, Colton, right? You didn't even you didn't um, stay for the game, right? Yeah,
2: we That's decided right. that probably wasn't worth it. Good
1: call. Good call <laughs> on your part. But we're back for another episode this week. Lots to talk about as the Lions head into uh, week three of the preseason, final preseason game against Pittsburgh. But really, Colton, um, Hard Knocks aired last night. I do want to touch on that, and I want to touch on a lot of uh, this roster shuffling about to happen. But I guess let's start with let's start with the uh, hard knocks here because um, there were a couple moments in the show <laughs> that are starting to become uh, like go to comedy, I think. And I've heard people ask, not me directly, but I've seen this bandied about: is you know they they've wondered is Deuce Staley performing for the cameras? Is he like is he <laughs> like going over the top for the sake of the cameras? Is he like that? And I remember I laughed when I saw that last week somebody questioned that or whatever, and I was like, no, absolutely not. And then my favorite part of the whole show, of course, was him losing his voice, uh, <laughs> screaming at the running backs <laughs> without a voice. That's like, incredible. <laughs> we can say specifically here on the show, Deuce Staley is not performing for anybody. This is how this guy is. He was like that at the Senior Bowl for crying out loud. So, like, <laughs> uh, your your thoughts on the show from last night, and then Deuce specifically, because this is getting. He's getting a lot of run. I think he's uh, well earned, probably I would say.
2: He, he is getting a lot of run, and I don't think that's an accident. I think they're trying to highlight. Absolutely. Him and, I mean, he's a guy that's probably gonna be getting some head coaching looks pretty soon. I mean, he's an so. assistant head coach yeah. here. Um, plays a big part in the game planning and you know, he's out there coaching as if he's an assistant head coach. It's not just a you know honorary title. He's out there and that's his goal. And he actually spoke to the media yesterday and was kinda asked about the whole hard knock dynamic and all the airtime. Mm-hmm. He's like, basically he says the same thing every other coach says. Like, this is me, like this is my authentic self. Like, this is how yep. I approach the job. This is how I coach. And like what you see is what you get. And then he was also asked, like, do you feel like, you know, all this attention you're getting can maybe help you get a head coaching job? You think that's kind of pushing you towards that? And he's like, I don't really care about that, to be honest with you. I'm here about yeah. I'm here for my guys. I'm here to coach these players up and that's all I care about. And then I think someone else followed up was like, but it can't hurt, right? And he goes, yeah, I guess it can't hurt. <laughs> it can't
1: hurt. And that, so. uh, Yes, great. Well said. I mean, right down to the details about, like, I thought it was cool. I tweeted out the clip this morning of him in the locker room talking to some of the guys at halftime of that game. And he's, like, breaking it down for him in a way that only a former player kind of can. Not just the whole, like, leave the play behind, let it go, you know, move on to the next play. But he looks at the guy, I don't remember who he's talking to, but he's like, hey, man, there's money on the field today. We're trying to earn money. We're trying to give you money, yep. <laughs> right? Like, we're trying to give it to you. Please earn it. Like, they talk to the guys, and you see that, and we've seen it now for two years, but, you know, I'm so glad that the, that the show has shown this, not just with Deuce, but also Kelvin Shepard, I think, and again this week, but, you know, that meeting he had last week with the, that they showed with the linebackers when he's just being dead honest with them and talking to them like, like he's sitting in the room. Like, he's one of them. Hank Fraley this week also, Colton, that, uh, the, the, the little spot he had with Obina Eze. Is it easy yeah. or Ize? Am I been saying it wrong all this time? I don't know. I it's, Is it it's just, easy or do they uh, just call him that? I think they just call him easy. That's I what I thought. That's one of yeah. their nicknames for anyway, me. so the, the part in there where he's getting on his ass and, you know, telling him, like, you got to get in shape. You got to get ready to go. And then you saw he's out there for that 15, 20, whatever it was, 20 play yeah. drive at the end of the Colts game. Man, like that—that's the stuff that makes the staff different. They talk to players like a player would, and mm-hmm. you can see it—you can see it sink in with guys. Like when Obina sitting in the back of the room, you could see his face. Right? He was like, "Oh yeah. shit!" Like this is the real deal. He and he responded, him, "You're, you're yeah.
2: cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself. You're cheating the team. Like we need mm-hmm. you to go full speed when you're out there." Yep. And he also said, "You know, when he was talking about that, he asked him like, who are you cheating? Who are you cheating?'" He said, "Nobody." I, I think there was a cultural gap there. I—I I, I feel like. Probably. He didn't really know what to say in that moment. I don't think <laughs> that so. That would be my guess because he said, like, yeah. no, but I'm not shooting anybody. I don't <laughs> think that was like his intention. But, you know, he learned there in that moment. Yeah. And, yeah, he did bounce back. Right, eight, he really did. The drive. He was out there for every play. And, you know, they scored on that drive. So, I think he yeah. told him, Fraley told him, like, I need you out there in the fourth quarter. Like, can I rely on you? So, exactly. that was interesting I can't, yes. to see it play out that way.
1: It's just so cool to see how they – This is the, that's the whole staff. I mean, and you can see it right down to like – and I know we talk about it every week but it ends up being like the thing that it gets taken away like Aaron Glenn looked like he wanted to kill somebody when they let up that touchdown in the preseason game. And yeah. I know right like it's whatever but that's just their competitive all the way on every single little thing that happens all day long. And that's not an act that's that's coming through pretty clearly. Uh do you have any other takeaways uh, this week from uh the show that were particularly a lot of funny stuff. Michael is calling those rece- – saying that those receivers are all going to be fat like in 10 years was really good. <laughs> was and good. actually when I thought about it, I was like, that's actually not wrong at I was going to say, he's pretty accurate
2: <laughs> with that. Like yeah. it seems like he's spot on there. Um, oh, yeah. That was really good. I wrote about the comedian in the episode. I think his name is yes. Adams. And people in the comments of my story were like, he wasn't funny. I was like, all right, guys, come on. Like <laughs> whatever. Comedy subjective. If you think it's funny, that's fine. If you don't think it's funny, you don't really need to leave a comment or yeah. whatever. Uh, I thought he was hilarious, and the players did, too. Like, I was at practice yesterday, and some of the guys were telling me, look, C- Dan Campbell was on right. the floor in tears at this guy, <laughs> and they're mad that Hard Knocks didn't, like, capture that. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be amazing. Make. But, um, no, this, this is a funnier episode. I will say, I, I think we need to see more of, like, I guess the quarterback at some point. Like, Derek, I've yeah, done it. Right. This is third time, I know. and he's I wonder if that's show. why. Yeah. I, that would be my guess. I, I got yeah. it in the first couple episodes, but also it's like – all right, we're halfway through. Goff's done for the preseason. He's not playing the last right, game. Right, yeah. So it's like, what point are you going to sneak him in here? And also Ben Johnson. We haven't heard much about him either. So I'm that still might be uh yeah, Maybe
1: that's a duo episode. That think? would make like, sense. Yeah, That, that those could be one where they just do it together. Because I yeah. think that that would be really fascinating. Yeah. Um, if we could go in there and pitch ideas. <laughs> like, that would be one that I would like to see, right? <laughs> like, yeah. their bo- relationship um, and how it's grown through. Because I think they were here – Maybe a little bit toward the end of spring or into early summer, but I can't remember. But either way, um, still interesting. There, I think, like, I I tweeted, we were talking with Chris uh, this morning, the clip of Campbell uh, shoving gum in his mouth and, like, oh <laughs> watching God. that run play around the corner. And I was like, this is amazing. This is, like, Incredible. him. This is Dan Campbell. That's, like, the truest five seconds I think they've gotten of Dan Campbell in <laughs> the yeah. entire thing. It was so good. It was because f- yeah. <laughs> i was like i think they're setting a record uh or like challenging the f bomb record maybe in in uh, oh, yeah. in hard knocks but some of them are like you can't even make out what they're saying because it's so awkward. but anyway i was say, uh yeah.
2: transcribing what they're saying in the quotes yeah. i'm like i got to like i guess we I, I feel like the athletic used to be able to like you know swear more words yeah. in there and i think yeah. they were trying to reel us back in which is probably for the best, especially with these regals, yeah because it's like really this, hard. My God. Like, I'm putting all those in there. I'm just like,
1: these guys swear a lot.
2: Yeah, like, like Deuce's
1: know, tirade with oh, yeah. the lost voice, the Mickey Mouse <laughs> I mean, tirade. Yeah, yeah, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. So, did he talk about that yesterday? I guess you guys didn't see him. Yeah, uh, you I haven't seen that, him yet. Oh, I God. wish we would have gotten him. You know, next, Thursday, like, next time. Like next yeah. time. That was good. Um, Okay, so let's get into some of the actual uh, football that happened last week. Um, We talked on Thursday morning before they went out and played the second day of practice uh, with the Colts. And as you saw in the Hard Knocks episode and Colton wrote about, much better day for the Lions. And then, of course, a much better finish. And we'll talk about that in a second. But the Friday practice, Colton, you know, we talked a lot on uh, recapping that Thursday practice about how similar concerns that we'd had about the secondary, uh, guys getting beat in one-on-ones there. And then just, you know, and you could see it on the show just seemed disjointed just seemed like it was maybe some guys got lost in the in the fight a little bit i think you saw some of the stuff with jamal williams getting a little they had to pull him back and calm him down i don't know if that was it but what did you see uh thursday maybe that was markedly different uh from the previous practice because i think that was a pretty well overwhelming consensus right that they were much better
2: yeah the first day was wednesday and that was the one where they were right yeah and
1: the secondary was bad and all that stuff
2: and uh, you know, Campbell came out Thursday morning and said that he actually liked what he saw, but mm-hmm. I mean, based on what he well, we saw, it was you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was a, a win for the Lions on that day. I'd say the Colts probably had the better day overall. Yeah. Um second day I think was great for the Lions. I think that's exactly what you want to see. And, you know, the the bounce back, the response in a lot of ways is you know, that's the perfect setup for that. Um the first day you're kind of feeling yourself out, you're trying to see what the intensity level is gonna look like. You're in a different right. Stayed a different, you know, or, I guess practice fields out there. Everything's if, new, yeah. So you're still getting used to your surroundings. So I get that if it's they come out a little bit slow, and it seems like that's that's what happened. Um, but I will say the offense, at least the second half of Wednesday's practice, seemed to settle into a groove. And I think you saw that carry over Thursday morning when they were back out there. Um, they started off with the seven on seven red zone period. The offense looked great. Like yeah, and that's a good Colts defense, right. and it is. They looked really good. I think Golf was six of eight. Three to four touchdowns, depending on you know who you, who you <laughs> call it. Yeah, I, I saw three. I, I think Josh Reynolds had one where he had a, he caught a short pass, had a spin move, broke a tackle, and I had him like short, but some other guys had him in, so we'll see. Well, we could say four if we really want to. Mm-hmm. Six of eight with four touchdowns. Yeah, uh, he had one of Swift on a like a wheel route. Uh, he found Hawkinson in the back of the end zone off a of scramble, so he looked really good. Uh, Golf looked sharp. The offense was That's moving good. the ball well. Um, even in the 11-11 period, like they they look really good, too. Um, There's like a fake end-around play that they ran where I think Goff found, I want to say, Trinity Benson on a deep ball. and That was a great-looking ball. Like his deep ball, yeah. as we've seen, has looked really good in training camp. And it really has. It's good to see yeah. out yeah. there in Indy 2 against a defense like that. So yeah. Much better day for the offense. You flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Again, I was more watching the offense that day, the second day that we were out there. But the defense really needed to step up after that first day. And even from the far field where the offense was practicing, you could hear Lions players (laughs) cheering and you could hear that Colts crowd. More importantly, they were dead silent. And I'm like, that's a good sign for them." There you go. The day before, they were riled up. They were cheering for every pass. Every time Matt Ryan dropped back, the crowd was cheering. I didn't hear any of that the second day. I'm like, "Okay, that's a good day. And then I learned after the practice, they had some, uh, I think it was the goal line red zone period. Mm -hmm. Um, Colts ran 12 consecutive plays, did not score once. Wow. Which is really impressive. Then they ended the day with uh, a two-minute period, and the Lions' defense again stopped them from scoring. So, That's I think great that stuff. was yeah. that was huge for them to just have that Confidence be able to say that we too, hung yeah. on the field after that first day. The response, like, and they showed Campbell talk to the team after that second practice, and I think you saw, yeah. Yeah. we got some Much good different. work in. This is what we wanted. Like, we're we're in business now.
1: I mean, and you touched on it right there uh, at the end, the red zone, and then just near the goal line. I think the Lions. You know, if Levi Onzerike can get healthy and some, and, and Romeo can get back, they could be sneaky good up front. Like, I, I you know, they could surprise some people, I guess I'd, I'd say. Maybe not sneaky good. I don't know. But I think they could surprise some people because you've got guys, and we've had questions about, you know, Aiden hasn't really done anything in these games other than the first series. But when you see their reactions and then, you know, They're making plays. He's making plays against the Colts in practice. I mean, like, he's beating blocks and uh, doing his job and looking the part. And I think you're seeing that from other guys up front. Charles Harris had a great camp. We haven't talked about him a lot. But, you know, I haven't. every time I go out there, I see him making a play. And I assume that was the same, you know, when they're out there in Indy. It's been really good, Colton, that, you know, Goff, you mentioned him a second ago, that the guys that they know or that they need to be good, they're not, like, worried about right now. They're not yeah. forcing reps out of them and in a normal circumstance, I think if Goff had had a rough camp, he'd be playing right now yeah. in these preseason games. Not a lot, but he'd be playing some. And uh he hasn't had to. They had to force him, you know, they wanted him to sit I think the first game and he had to ask to play. So that has been I think as I've as we've gone forward here and seen, you know, where they where they've been at, that's been really cool to see that you're not you don't need Amon-Ra out there or Reynolds or Swift or Goff or Hawkinson because they've had great practices in camp and it's shown up. And I think offensively and in the front defensively, and you can add maybe a little bit with Malcolm, I think we've seen a little bit of that.
2: Yeah. To me, it seems like, and I wasn't around last year, but it seems like there are fewer starting spots where they have questions and where yes, they're looking that's for answers to, to those questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now that they've had another year, they've you know improved the level of talent on the roster they're kind of looking for help in that, that second team, the depth area. They're looking to see what they can have there. So, they're yeah. again, there's still some spots where you have some questions. But the, the fewer the questions, the better, in my opinion. That seems to be the general theme. And Indy, I think, was a good look at some of those second team guys. Like Austin Bryant had a really good day. I That's think on another the, guy, yeah. I think on the second day, he had three sacks against he's the He's been a stud, yeah. Yeah, and I guess people are still wondering, like, why we have him as a, a roster lock or, you know, they're like, oh, he oh, played he's the fourth on the team. quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He played in the fourth quarter of the preseason game. Why is he on a yep. roster lock? It's like, well, if you've if you're seeing what we're seeing every yes. day in practice, you would understand. And the coaches seem to get that too. I think uh, the reason why he played late in that game, I think Eric Banks went down, and right, you know, they're probably just they're they're so short handed along the. I'm glad you mentioned line, Austin. So.
1: Yeah, that's. So. Uh, I think Nate Tice actually singled him out this week as a breakout or a, a guy that's had a really good camp, a camp yep. possible because he has. I'm glad you single. I forgot. I was going to mention him. I forgot about him. He's been great. He has Mm – because – and he really was a guy I think that probably was challenged not because he hadn't played well last year. He did play well last year uh, because the numbers I think have changed there and it's just like – it's crowded. It's it's more crowded now. So you got to see, you know, who's going to be the people that you have to keep. And he went from a guy that was probably on the line of whether or not you have to keep to now you look at him and say, yeah, there's you have no business cutting this guy. Yeah. He has – Empty he empties his tank on every rep. I actually wrote down in the spring when they came back, I remember writing in my notes, he needs to get bigger. I need to see more. And he has. Like I think yeah. he's gotten bigger, noticeably bigger. He looks, he looks more good. cut up. He looks mm-hmm. good. Um all that length is there. He was a he was a mid-round draft pick, uh Clemson. People forget about this. He was hurt, all that stuff. He stuck his His arms it.
2: like touch the floor.
1: It's hilarious. <laughs> he's got <a> crazy <laughs> length. And so he's been a stud. I mean, he's been Really good, and I think you know when you talk about a guy like Julian O'Quara, you need to get back, man. You need to get back and get healthy because he's passing you, yeah. and that's a, that's not because you know they're just desperate for somebody to fill the spot. He's you know Austin Bryant's making plays; they're getting off the field. Some of those f bombs Campbell shouted were for him in the in the game. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just been it wasn't. I wanted to point that out. It wasn't just last week. It's been like that for him all camp. I mean, yeah. he's been stellar the whole way through.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Is there anyone else that caught your eye in the preseason game?
1: I mean, I think that that was, yeah, in the actual game itself, and I was going to ask you how he did – Barnes is the one I think that stands out the most to me um, uh, because he was challenged. And I think that you can look at that, you know, meeting that they had with uh, Shepard and the Hard Knocks a couple different ways. You could say that the linebackers and maybe the older guys, maybe he's talking – maybe you could say, maybe he's talking to Sean Deion Hamilton who just got cut. Maybe he's talking to Pittman or one of these other guys. But to me – No, he was talking to Barnes. Like, Mm. you are going to get passed by this kid if you don't get it together. And you're going to be – you're going to go from Derek, you're the guy wearing the dot and calling the plays, to nope, now Malcolm is. You're the guy fighting with the guy underneath to take his other spot. You're not the one anymore. You're the two, and you're falling down. And you're not going to be in our long-term plans. Like, those are the – that's a subtle – but also real challenge that he had to get because I, I'd gotten to a point with him where it was like, I'm kind of done hearing the same. We talked about that with Jeff last week, right? Where I was like, I'm kind of done hearing that Derek Barnes had a good game when he didn't. I'm done yeah. hearing that he played well when he didn't. And, you know, they were challenging him, and I thought that he answered the bell. I think his fits in the first half when he was out there with Rodriguez were really good. Both of them seem to have a good chemistry together, which is what you want. They seem to be pushing each other. They do There doesn't seem to be any – Bitterness at all there. I know Barnes is a good kid. Malcolm is too. Um, so that was big time. I think that – I don't know if they talked about it at all, but, like, my takeaway there was Barnes had a great week. Like, he really bounced back and had the type of week that they need him to have. He's got to do it again and again. Like, but that was a big, big week for him. Maybe the best he's had since he's been here. I mean, he's had some plays in in season, but you saw it, Colton. I mean, on the hard knocks, Campbell said it. Like, that was a massive – two, three day period of, yeah. we're going to empty it out, go good on good, which you never do in the preseason and see what you've got. And I think Derek Barnes came out of that week in a much better situation than he did going into it. Yeah, no
2: doubt. I mean, even listening to Calvin Shepard, you know, in mm-hmm. Hard Knocks reading the tea leaves, like you mentioned, like, exactly who is he talking to in that room? Like you have some older players are yeah. their way. And you're that, like that kind of speech. You're looking to motivate someone. You're looking to get the most out of someone And like, the only guy that really fits that description in that room, a young player that needs that motivation is Barnes. And mm-hmm. so I think you wanted to see that sort of, again, we, we talk about all the time, but that response from players because they're challenging guys. They yeah. want guys to feel that pressure and they want to see how they react in the moment. And Barnes played really well in that preseason game. I'm, I'm, you sent some videos over to a, yeah. our Slack channel and you were, you were kind of breaking him down. He looked really good based yeah, off those he clips. Did. Um, you know, it just seems like he's a guy that needs to be pushed. And, you know, again... Little yes. by little, little yeah, by yeah, it's
1: it's just going to be a slow process for him, and I think he's a, I think he's a thoughtful guy. I I like Rodriguez is all gas as we've seen. He's just all you know. He just wants. I don't to go out think and hits <laughs> I don't think that's Barnes' personality. I just don't think he's quite like that. I think he's a little bit more reserved, that's and that's fine. That's yeah. doesn't mean you know whatever. But I think that it, yes, I think there's a little more coaxing out. Also, you know, I've talked about this, Chris, and I talked about it when they drafted Barnes. Mm-hmm. You know, he entered college. I think as a guy who probably could play running back or linebacker and Purdue made a decision. So it was like, I think he wasn't really a full-time linebacker. One of those guys until he early in college, which I mean, he's still adjusting to the position, but you got to go now. This is where, this is the difference between pro ball and college ball. There is no more developmental time. You get your rookie season. That's pretty much it. You got to go by year two. We got to know if we can count on you and all these things and, and trust you. And, I would expect him to probably get more reps here in this next game. Um, maybe not a ton, I don't know, but I would, I would think he's going to get more because man, he's important. Because you can see Colton a couple times, and he had one where he he comes in, sets the edge, and comes around and still makes a play because he's so athletic to come around the backside. Like
2: yeah.
1: he's more athletic probably than Rodriguez is. Total yeah. package. And if he can light it up and turn turn a corner, he could be awesome. But he's still got a lot to go, to get there, but you want to get him back on that, you know, positive track, which I think he's on. Another guy, sawed off, that I wanted to talk to you about before we forgot, Matris Taylor, Um, and Kaminsky, really, but Taylor is the guy inside that I keep looking at and saying, like, there's no, I don't know how they cut him. They, they might have to, I don't know, but he has been a <laughs> beast, like, from start to stop in camp. He's, it seems like there's a guy like that every year, uh, that you that sort of shows up and nobody can block and like he's been it man I don't know it he's done it against everybody we've seen
2: yeah App State what is he like six one <laughs> yeah he's smaller he's dude.
1: a short bowling <laughs> ball of terror in there yeah it's he's funny it watching
2: him I mean him he was on the backfield a couple times like watching him operate the way he does at his side he can move too man really yeah. fascinating yeah you don't see that too often I'm surprised that he was he must have been one of the sleeper I think it was the, guys yeah sure I think was it was the there.
1: short I think that's what it was. It was the short... And he's not that big. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not like 340 or something. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, he
2: was the bowling ball. It's sawed off. Good <laughs> <put> it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he played really well in that preseason. I mean, the entire defensive line did when we talk about, you know, mm-hmm. Austin Bryan and Kaminsky had some plays in there. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like, they're giving... The coaching staff a lot to think about these D line guys that have really taken advantage of the extra reps. Because I don't know how much we would have seen Demetrius Taylor and some of these other guys had it not been for some of the injuries up front. So those guys right, are yeah. definitely making the most of their opportunity. Demetrius Taylor is a, a player that we've both kind of been watching for a little bit. So I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, it would be hard I, to keep him off the roster. I mean, I, we probably have him in ours, right? I, I think know. we do. I mean, yeah. right
1: now, I mean, him and Bugs are the two guys that, you know, we especially have trending with, up at
2: least. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Trending up, especially with Ansarike hurt. Um, but you know, Taylor and Kaminsky are the two guys that I think that if it has to come down to one of the two and maybe it does, I don't know, maybe it's like either or, um, that's going to be maybe one now where, and this is, this is another little sign of growth, Colton, like a year ago, they did not have any situations where you got down to it and it was like, who are you going to cut? Uh, this guy who's not going to make another roster anywhere else, or this guy who's not going to make a roster <laughs> anywhere else. That's yeah. not what we're talking about here. So I think that it speaks to some of the growth that man. Like these are two good players. Yep. These, like Kaminsky. There was a waiting list to claim him on waivers. Remember that? I mean, like he was fourteen
2: like, teams put in. Yeah, he was one of the
1: hottest waiver claims of the off season. Right. Um, so he's going to get a chance if he, if he doesn't stick here. Same thing with Sawdoff. I would think all the stuff that we've seen from him. And I don't know what you do there, but I think it speaks to like the competitive everything kind of rising up a little bit, which is what you want to see. Those are good problems to have.
2: I mean, yeah. Campbell and Glenn talked about that the other day. Um, just we have a lot tougher decisions to make. Way this tougher. Time last year, we've we've grown so much in so many areas that it's going to hurt. Like, you know, Campbell, yeah. I, he's, I mean, he's an emotional guy. We all know that. So I'm <laughs> sure Hard Knocks will be able to capture all those cuts and everything and it'll be. I'm sure he'll probably have a tough time doing some of that, but yeah, I mean these are genuinely tough decisions that they have to make, and uh, it seems like they're they're going through it right now for sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, they have, we'll talk about that in a second. They haven't really had to make a lot of them. Uh, well, there's going to be Not more. Yet, there's going to be more thing. on the way.
2: <laughs> they're setting themselves up to make a ton at one. <laughs> a time. lot at once.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a bloodbath there. But uh, before we get into uh, that, uh, offensively in the uh, preseason game, we mentioned how you know, good golf has been and how he was in the practices, but this obviously the the game itself. um, And we're talking about this again, was the David Blau versus Tim Boyle uh, part two. I assume they're going to have one more here against Pittsburgh because frankly, Colton, after that, I mean, I I think it's even again, like after that game, it was a nice response from Boyle. It was a pretty Blau like performance. I didn't really have a lot to complain about, but I also didn't have a lot that I was like, Oh, that's great. You know, so I don't know. Where do you stand on this after seeing them both in Indy? Blau got the week as the backup, right? He was the backup pretty much for the whole week. Yeah,
2: and Campbell made that clear early in the yeah. week, I think, before they left for Indy. He was like, right. you know, Blau's going to get more time out here. We liked what he did in that preseason mm-hmm. game, and that held firm in Indy. And every, literally every time I watched him, he was the first quarterback out. Right. Um, you know, Boyle was pretty limited in practice last week, let's I'd say, I'd say that, and – I think that was intentional. They want to see what Blau could do after that performance. It was kind of like, okay, what have you done for me lately? Blau kind of right. took the lead there. You want to see him take another step in the preseason game because they are both promised one half in that game. Yes. You broke in the half. Let's see what you guys can do. That's it. Similar yep. similar players out there on the field. Let's see what you what you can do out there. And Blau, I think it was funny on Hard Knocks to catch him in the locker room after halftime. Yeah. Goff is like <laughs> reading Goff, his stats yeah. to him. He's like, man, I didn't play well. He's like, oh, you're 16-22. He's like, oh, I was? Probably not a lot of yards, though. He's like, 76. He's like, yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> no yards. Yeah. That's right. great.
2: It's pretty hard to do. That's like, what, three and a half yards? Yeah, he procession? was chunking
1: it down the field. That's for Jesus. sure. Yeah, right. Um,
2: <laughs> and then Blau came out in the second half and looked pretty sharp. I mean. Yeah, he was
1: way better, Boyle was.
2: There are a couple of throws that he probably wants back. I think he threw the first high week, to right. somebody. Mm-hmm. Or even in the preseason game. He only missed three, but there were a couple of I think he might have won him back. He was talking about that yesterday. Um but overall, I mean, he was twelve fifteen nine nine yards. Had that really nice touchdown to Ken- Kenny, yeah. where he led him in the back of the end zone. So again, I mean, Campbell said uh, early this week that if he had to pick a guy right now to start against the Steelers, it would probably be Boyle. So that tells you that things are shifting back. down. Exactly. Way. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the I think the general consensus among at least Lions writers that I've talked to, it's like it's it's one or the other. You can't carry both these guys. There are too many no, other you're not decisions doing both this year. elsewhere. Yeah. You can't really get away with that. So I guess this last game will be pretty important for both of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the fascinating case here again because the, Boyle's second half uh, was the best stretch or whatever you, we'd say that either of them have had in the preseason, I would say. But Boyle, Boyle's first half in the first game was probably the worst that we've seen, right? Yeah. And Blau was had probably the middle two. Yeah. Um, and so it comes back to this is why this conversation is – You know, for the Lions, it should be something different. I still think that they could have and should have done more here. But it comes back to what do you want in your backup? Like, they clearly and everybody would agree that Tim Boyle is a better physical prospect um, right now and long term. And, you know, he's not old. Neither is David Blau. They're both in their late 20s, I think, somewhere in there. They're like the same age. Um, I've gotten caught on that before saying Boyle was younger, and he's not. I think that Blau actually might be younger by a little bit. I think so. But but Boyle has all the stuff, all the physical goods to probably be a guy that if it clicks for him mentally and he can turn the corner, uh be a guy that could be valuable, like be a guy that actually could maybe not only just take over a game and get you to the end without a disaster happening, but like maybe win it for you and maybe like pinch hit for a couple of weeks and make some plays with his arm and win you a couple of games. Whereas Blau is the tri- the, the typical like our starters hurt. We're screwed anyway. Who cares? He's a nice guy. We like him. He's not going to screw us. He's not going to screw us out there. Yeah, but yeah. the season's pretty much done anyway. We're I mean, not going to pay this. G- like, yeah, like, we're not going to pay this guy a lot, right? Let's just get him through it, and that's flaw. And so what? On something, if golf yeah, goes down, ahead. the season's done. It's way. over. So whatever, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and that, and I think that that's the conversation that you're having if you're the Lions. So it's like, what do you? What do you want it to be right now? Are you that wild with Tim Boyle's potential? Um, Clearly they were to where the point where they didn't draft anybody. And I would yeah. say that, you know, frankly, he hasn't done enough to make them sort of probably not totally regret that decision, but do you totally trust everything that he has to turn into what I just said? Or because that, Kind of seems like it would be a lot for him to get there. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Yeah, but if you keep Blau, it's like you know he's not going to win you any. You know, I I don't know. It's a hard thing, and um, like I said last week, it's frankly one that it's like you get tired of talking about. But it's important. It's not nothing. Yeah, you know you don't want to have to just be like the season's <laughs> the season's over. If this, you know like if golf gets hurt, forget it. Like forget it. And that's what would happen here in either situation. I feel like if not if, good. If we-
2: if the roster was a bit more competitive and expectations were higher, like I don't think either of these quarterbacks would probably be on the roster. They'd probably go out and get you would like, hope not, you know, a brand name,
1: <laughs> yeah, a real because, one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But
2: but for where the situation is and where things are right now, I think they're they're cool rolling the dice with these two and at least one of them, uh, yeah, will come not out both, and, yeah, right. One of them will come out. Um, but right now they have two guys, and I think you you kind of captured it perfectly. It's like we see Boyle, and maybe fans don't see this; they don't really get to see it as much. But like we see Boyle make some some. Pretty damn good throws, right? When yeah. he's when he's on, and really it's like, good. Okay, yeah, I see it now. Yeah, I see maybe what the coaching staff stuff
1: is. that Blau can't do.
2: frankly. Stuff that Blau can't, and that, mm-hmm. that's where I was going next. It's like Blau. He's again. You feel you root for him in the lake. he's a, <laughs> yeah, nice he's guy. a great like, dude. He's, like, he's easy to root for. Him. Like yeah. yes, and and Hard Knocks showed some of that in, in the <laughs> second episode. Um, and again, he's not going to necessarily lose you a game. I mean, the the fumble was tough in the first game. Yeah. Um, but more often than not, like he's just going to try to move the ball, maybe get you in the twenty, get some field goals, like keep you guys, keep keep the offense in it, right? If the yes. defense can come through, and make some plays. But he's not going to win you a game. That's exactly so. what you said, and I think that's the conversation we have here. So it's like, how much do you can you count on Boyle to make that wild throw that we see him make sometimes in practice, versus also these weird jump throws that he does in the preseason game? Yeah, at least the first one where he's throwing interceptions for no reason. Um, <laughs> versus. Yes.
1: Having a guy like Blau, that'll go
2: 16-22 with 76 yards. So
1: and <laughs> I think that's a well, conversation. And the layer to it that doesn't get talked about a lot is, are you at a point with the roster and the team and Goff and everything else to where – because if you keep Blau, and last year they did, and the thing that he – does, because he, do, he does add value. It's not on the field necessarily that he's going to win you a game or whatever. But in the locker room and with those guys, and especially with Goff, like I think you can kind of see their sort of rapport that – Goff trusts him and listens to him. And I think Blau understands, obviously understands how hard all this is and everything that he's going through. And, you know, I just think he's a better mental whatever, like that's that would be able to add more value to others around him than you would get from Tim Boyle. I don't I don't want to shortchange Tim Boyle, but like, you know, everything we've seen from David Blau. Speaks to where, like, if he, whenever he's done playing football, if David Bloch wants to be a really coach, coach, he, yeah, yeah he could probably have, be a coach if he wants to. Yeah. I don't know if we would say that today about Tim Boyle, not to say that it couldn't happen, but like, that's the personality. Yeah. And I think that the Lions, like, last year when they, when they cut Muhlbach, um, the long snapper on his birthday, <laughs> whatever it was, they and did like, that. Were, yeah, like, because they had to, there was no other, oh, it just worked out that way. True. And it was like, but they wanted to keep him, and now he's a coach, right? He's, he's a, their long snappers coach or whatever, because they loved his presence. And I still wonder, are you at a point where you're keeping guys on the roster because of their presence over their performance? Or is Tim Boyle going to make the team? Because frankly, he has a higher ceiling as a quarterback. And if you had to pick one to start you a game and maybe win it, you would pick Boyle probably every time. So, uh, you know, like that's the layer that, I'm not sure if they've moved on from that yet, and I I mean, this is an interesting team, Colton. Like you just saw that practice this week, where the coaches weren't out there, like the players let it. (laughs) Yeah, different stuff happens. (laughs) I don't know, like, and I mean, so and Blau Blau
2: was coaching them up. I'll say that exactly. Out there and was looking like a coach.
1: So I I try to catch myself a lot with this one, and I always end up. I normally default that Boyle is the guy that you keep because he's just a better player. Uh, you know, you take everything else out of it, but if you put, but the Lions don't take everything else out of it. I think that's pretty clear. They keep everything on the table. It's yeah. the full context, and the guys like David Blau. I don't know that they don't that they. I think they probably like Tim Boyle fine, but like they play for Blau. Yeah, he goes over to Tom Kennedy and he's like, "Thanks for being there for me," because he knows Tom Kennedy knows how much that meant right there in that situation. So. Yeah. I'm not going to rule that out as, and the closer it stays, look, if it's even like this again, they're going to keep Blau and cut Boyle. Like I think that's what'll happen if it's even. Uh, they'll keep David Blau it, because that that means that Tim Boyle didn't do his job to because it shouldn't be even. And I think that that's the thing that you have to hold Blau or uh, Boyle accountable for too. He's a better player. It sh- this should not be close, really <laughs> right? <like>, wh- Whoever is <laughs> the hottest at the buzzer, really. Is yeah, and that's team. what it is every week. It feels yeah. like right, <laughs> yeah. and it's like it, that's not how this should be. They invested in Tim Boyle, brought him here to be the backup quarterback, and he has not made it in two years, basically, two camps to this point. And he's had some injuries, but he's not made it abundantly clear that he's that guy. And so I think in that sense, you say all things should be on the table again. And if Blau is a guy that you want to keep around for all those reasons, like we just said, and at the very top, if Goff gets hurt, whatever, you're done anyway. (laughs) I mean, so... (laughs) Now, moving forward, they need to draft a quarterback or invest in something because this can't be yes. what you do. If you want to be a competitive team going forward, it has to be better than this. No doubt. Um, because this ain't it. But um, In any event, hey, let's, pause, let's press pause here, Colton, and then come back on the other side because I think we're going to get booted off the Zoom. So we'll come back on the other side and talk more about uh, the roster in general beyond the quarterbacks. Uh, we'll go through the ups and downs, of the trending up, trending down, and then maybe where we see some of these cuts going. So hang on one sec. Hit pause there and we'll come right back.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: Okay, we're back from our Zoom break there as we get booted, <laughs> booted off our time limit. Uh, Colt. we wrote about, we didn't do a 53-man roster. That'll come, we'll do another one of these here, uh, I think, in about a week or so. Um, but we did do sort of trading up, trading down on the entire team there, heading out of that Colts game. And um, an interesting one, I think. Uh, we just talked about the quarterbacks, but let's just stay on the offense here uh, and kind of go through it. Uh, starting with the running backs, maybe. Um I think we know who's safe, you know, in that conversation, right? Swift yeah. and, and Jamal—that's not a surprise to anybody. But I think this got interesting uh, a little bit more um, between Craig Reynolds and uh, Justin Jackson. I would argue uh, over the week, over last week. Would you agree with that, uh, Jamar Jefferson? I would say maybe trending down a little bit. I don't know. What do you What do you think about all that?
2: No, I think that's fair. Justin Jackson's looked really good. I've liked what I've yeah. seen in practice. I was just waiting to see more. Like we got mm-hmm. to see the preseason game.
1: And we did for sure. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. It's funny because if you look at the the box score, like you, they gave seven, they get four running backs seven carries. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was intentional, or well, by time, but it worked yeah. out well. Um, Jackson led the team in rushing. He had seven carries for 54 yards. Uh, he had a 20, 21 yard rush there um, when he got in the game and looked pretty sharp. Um, I mean, this is a guy that has legit NFL playing experience.
1: Yeah. He's um, a good player.
2: I was kind of surprised that he wasn't on a roster like when yeah. the Lions picked him up. Yeah. But he's probably waiting for a situation like this where he can come in and exactly. make play for a job. So uh, I like to think Craig Reynolds, his job is safe. He's been the number three for the most part. But I, I did I, I agree with you. This game kind of made <laughs> things interesting. And we saw him highlight on Hard Knocks last night. And you know they had a good feature on his relationship with his brother, yeah. how he motivates him. That's the reason why he got into, into football in the first place and kind of all that he's been through. But he, I think, I thought he looked good too. I don't think he He did did anything to lose his grip on the job. It's more maybe a guy like Justin Jackson that kind of is coming in more and
1: making things interesting. I think that that's you know we're going to see with Craig Reynolds this week probably because it's going to be a big week for him and then the preseason game. Like this is probably what they're doing to see because they love him. I think that they Deuce likes him a lot because I think Deuce is like I found him (laughs) and like this is my guy. I found Craig.
2: You know, he's called a Hulu again.
1: Yeah. So Deuce (laughs) loves him. Campbell loves him. They all love him. But like you know, just because you love a guy doesn't mean that he can't that you, you need to push him. And so you bring in, you know, Jefferson has been up and down and had his bouts, and I I wouldn't totally give up on him either. But I think a numbers situation, it is what it is there. Uh, but this is a good Justin Jackson is a good football player, and if if Craig Reynolds is the real deal, you're going to find out because he's going to push him all the way to the end. And if he beats him out, he's going to have to earn it. And I think that that's the situation you want there. Uh, I I would argue Godwin Egubike is probably is is trending down only because we saw what we saw from uh, Alexander the returner uh, in Alexander. that game. Yep. They still might keep Godwin, I don't know, and he had a nice day uh, out there, you know, with the backup line and it looks like he's getting better uh, as he continues to, you know, experiment there as a running back, but if he if he's not the returner I'm not sure that he makes the team, so that's another one. He's not returning, right? You know, yeah, exactly.
2: Being the fourth running back, like
1: I don't. That's and he's not. I mean, he probably wouldn't be. He'd probably keep Jackson. I would. You know what I mean? So, like, I would probably want him over Godwin. So, yes. Uh, from stuff that's kind of not even his own, whatever. And I mean, to to his fair, they haven't given him kick return. Maybe they will in this Pittsburgh. Maybe they will in this Pittsburgh game. I don't know, but like that is one that I've that I kind of thought about as we're going through it. The other one too to mention would be. Kabinda went on the pup list uh, there earlier this week. Yes, obviously, I think we all knew he was safe. Um, that I'm not sure if that means. I don't think that means another running back would get a shot there. I think that would maybe, if anything, Shane, Saint you know Zilstra or somebody you keep another tight end.
2: A tight end, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, been rep- they they
2: they get Brock Wright some reps at fullback. At the fullback, uh, yeah. Shane might get some extra snaps there. So. Uh, that
1: could be a good thing for them. I mean, not good that Kabinda's hurt. They like Kabinda, obviously, but they like Zilstra a lot. And Zylstra let's just, had a, he had a let's good just shift to the week. tight ends. Yeah, let's just shift to that because they like him a lot. And up until we figured out that Kabinda was hurt to a point where he can't play for the first four weeks, I'm not sure. I found a spot. I don't know if Zilstra had a spot here, but I think this might be his spot. Yeah, he might. I think if we had to do the 53 right now. I think I would have him on it and it would be Kabinda's pup spot because he's been good right I mean you said he had a good week last week too in Indy the whole the whole shot
0: through
2: Yeah I think he caught a touchdown in Indy uh he was pretty much one of the top targets in yeah. the second team offense when he was out there so yeah. he looked really good in Indy I think he kind of opened some eyes down there and you know they they know what he can do but also it's kind of like you got to make the most of the reps that you're you getting You got to do it you yeah do mm-hmm. you got to go out there and do it so he looked really good and I think like you mentioned Kabinda going on going on Pup there, like, I think that might open up a spot. Because it was tough to find something for him. We're yeah, like, yes. okay, they, three tight ends, thats pr- they're probably good with Mitchell. With Mitchell uh, and Brock, Wright, yeah. And, and Hawk, obviously. Uh-huh. But, yeah, this might open up. If, if one of those guys could play fullback, that might open up a spot for for Shane to get in there. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. you
1: met, and you mentioned Mitch, Mitchell, uh, who I wanted to touch on, too, because it's been an interesting, like, ride with him. Uh, you know, like, he is – when he's out there, there are times when, you know, he looks – shaky in pass pro because I think he's knocking off the rust and everything else. Um And he's also a guy that as a pass catcher probably isn't ever going to light the world on fire, but as a run blocker, I'm telling you, it was all there. I saw, I clipped you guys and showed you a couple, like there were a couple really nice swings that he had in there. The one big Justin Jackson run that Campbell was gumming and swearing about was all sprung uh, from James Mitchell. So, I really liked a lot of the, you know, he's got a long way to go. Um, and yep. you could maybe argue that he needs to be trending up more than he is. But I, I think he is. I think that he's got what they thought he had. And you're not getting rid of him. That's a guy that you're keeping. So him, Brock Wright, and I think that it would, it would hurt them to cut Zilstra. I think they would not want to do that. So maybe that works out, that they get to keep keep him on there. I give Mitchell a pass just because I mean he was out he there was at the too, beginning and, of
2: training camp yeah. but he wasn't doing full team stuff until right. the second week or maybe a little bit into the third exactly. week and yeah. even then they're easing him and only getting like 13 reps so I think right. he still he doesn't look entirely comfortable out there and I think that's just Yeah, still take some feeling time, his way but yeah. You know, you You see don't want to see
1: You don't want to see regression from him like No, no. You want to see him still have that more flashes in this Pittsburgh game and end camp on a good note because he's going to get tested they're going to throw him in there and see what happens when the season starts. So you want to see that, mm-hmm. but you're not cutting him. And so he's going to have a spot. And it was really about, you know, we've had people ask us about Funchess, uh, and he got hurt again. I think last week, right. He missed, he didn't play in the game and he was hurt. I think the first day yeah. or the second day, one of the two. So I don't think he's making the team. I don't know how you would keep him. You know, there's not going to be a special teams role for him really just body wise. I don't think that works. Yeah. So Zilstra, maybe, you know, right on the line. I think he's, He's the one a, to watch here. That's yeah. a cool story. He had a horrible injury last year. They liked him a lot before that. They've sort of they they trusted their themselves and kind of kept him around. I think longer than people maybe wondered if they should have. And <laughs> maybe he's a guy. Maybe he's a guy that slips in. Um, moving forward, wide receiver is another one that is hot button this time of year. Always that's one way to <laughs> every, put it. Yeah. Every year that Tom Kennedy is a uh, in Lions camp, it becomes this way. But it's not just Tom Kennedy. Uh, that we're talking about this year, my man, like this is, uh, this changed, this changed a lot from a year ago this time where they were desperate for bodies to a point where they were giving up draft picks for Trinity Benson to come in here and just be a guy who could get them through the first couple weeks. And now you have a sturdy top four, you know, Jameson's going to be here at some point, man, like this is hard. This is going to be hard. What do you, where do you see this sort of shaking out here? Yeah. You a lot got of guys pot. are playing well here, too. This is not bums out here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the top three is already set with, uh, you know, Shark, Brown, right. Brown and uh, Reynolds. But I mean, Khalif Raymond, he's like people. He's in there? Even question. But people question him. Just like,
1: no, you shouldn't. I, I don't
2: know why. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's a lock on this roster. He's a pro. Yep. Uh, He looks great in training camp. They've seen enough from him. So you, yeah, you don't need to throw him out there anymore. Um, right. Jamison's hurt, but he'll be back. So it's like, that's five dudes right there. How many? And I know Jameson won't count for a little bit, but like, that's five guys that you will depend on in season at some point. Fully trust. So it's like, yeah. how many guys do you need at this position? Uh, right. You know, Quintus Cephas is a guy they like, obviously, but he's been hurt and inconsistent. And I thought he had a good training camp before he went down. I'll say I did too. But, um, I did too. You know, we have to see it from him. He's got to be out
1: there. Um, <sighs> you know what I would like to see? I would like to see what they could get for him, for Cephas. Mm. I would like to know... Some teams would be interested, I think. I would, yeah. yeah, I would like to, you know, last year at this time, you'd have to find somebody that was in the situation the Lions were in last year where they were just like, all our guys are hurt. We need somebody who can come out here and play. Like, we're desperate. And they had to make, you had to give up picks for Benson. And, you know, I mean, maybe Trinity Benson ends up being a nice player as a young guy, but it's like, it's just not, he's not going to crack that spot right here. And I don't know if Cephas is either. And he is a guy that I'm curious if you could find the right, if he goes out there and plays this game against Pittsburgh and shows out, has a hell of a day. You know, like, that's yeah. something that I definitely think could be interesting. And they maybe wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't know that they would or wouldn't. I'm just spitballing here. But that's when you mentioned it there. And I was thinking about that yesterday. Chris and I were actually talking about that. Like, I don't know what you could get for him. But if it's anything, <laughs> I think I would be interested. Because he's a nice, he's an asset. And I don't know if you have room for him.
2: Yeah. And he's yeah. he's got some name value too. People around the league know him. People so, know him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's he's got he's a weird guy, a weird uh athlete I should say in that. Like he's not super fast as we know, but he's got that twitch and the explosion and he gets open at the top of every route. Like he does it all. He was doing it like you said before he got hurt in camp. I actually was one of the days I was going to go over there and take a bunch of videos because he was just beating the shit out of guys And like <laughs> when they were in shorts. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they could not handle him. When he when they're in shorts and just shells, nobody can cover seat. He's he's got what you all seat that. This? He's got yeah. Any, he's that, out there <laughs> the in the hoodie. hoodie, yeah. The yeah. short area, <laughs> like when you got to do something with him in those one on ones and like the slot, like it is. He gives people problems. So that is something that hit my head the other day that I don't think we've really talked about, or they haven't talked about. Nobody's talked about it, but I have wondered. You know, like um, mm-hmm. when you get into this next giant wave of cuts, which is going to be massive for this team who's only cut a handful of guys, you know, are, are there guys that you're cutting that maybe you could try to see if you can squeeze more value? I don't know. See if this yep. is one that would come to mind. We haven't even Any talked about guy? additions yeah. too.
2: I mean, like, yeah. they're, they're going to be on, on the lookout for some guys that get cut. I would think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to be looking
1: them. at the corners. You're going to be looking at defensive tackle, you know, maybe yep. uh, as well with the guys that are hurt. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. But speaking of guys that are hurt, if you flip over to the defensive line, Josh uh, Pascal going to uh, pup list, that's not good. Um, that did not, that seemed, they seemed more optimistic on that um, when camp started, that he'd be able to be out there by the end of camp. And now, you know, to, to, to switch, you know, Jameson, I think the whole way they've expected that to be a thing, the pup list, and he would be midseason somewhere in there. But I think they, maybe it sounded like they thought Pascal was going to be back here by the end of camp. And that's not, in addition to Levi, in addition to Romeo, those are three guys that, yeah, you, they're all out now for four weeks, and it's – we talked about a lot of those other guys that have stepped up, but, like, you need those guys out there, too. You know what I mean? It's been – that's a tough one.
2: Yeah, I felt like there was a shift at some point with Pascal because they were yeah. somewhat downplaying it. Downplaying like down the sports Early they were, for sure. Yeah. Early on, and then it was kind of like, well, we'll have to see. And then, obviously, he's out there on, on Pup now. So, it's, that's a tough break for him. You would like to see him practice. I think those would have been valuable reps for him. Huge you know, reps. coming yep. in and that's, that's his get his feet wet because now, you know – He's going to be out for four games and then it's going to take mm-hmm. some time to ramp back up. So we might not see him until like mid season. So right. that's tough. Um, And just all the injuries they have on this defensive line is piling up. Like was a guy that needed to be out there too. Oh, so yeah,
1: he needed it's, last week bad and he didn't get it. And that's one that, yeah, like that's one that I think that that's there. That's a little piss them off. Like, you know, the, not a lot from last week is going to make them upset. But that's a guy that needed. He needs that. He needs to go out there and bang heads with other, you know, like if he's going to go rep against Quentin Nelson and and it's live, live, like let's see it, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that would have been a great opportunity. And that's the kind of stuff that Pascal's not getting either. And you, especially at that position inside those defensive tackle reps, when it is live, you cannot recreate that. You just can't like, you can't, it's such missed and it's not replaced. Like they're not going to hit like this in the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not going to go in in practice and just go at it. You're not going to be able to test yourself in any other setting like that at that position unless you're in a game. And yeah. so when you lose reps in camp if you're Pascal, just like Levi lost reps last year and it he never caught up. That's where I you know, I start to get like Ugh. like I, that's we'll see. But you know, the good news though, I guess maybe for Pascal would be you know, if it is the sports hernia based on when Campbell said he had his procedure he should be ready to go by the time that four weeks is up. So shouldn't be too long of a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so maybe that'll be good for him. The other guys there, I guess, would be Taylor Kaminsky. We touched on them earlier. Um, people have asked us about Jay Sean Cornell. I'm not, he hasn't been better than Taylor. No. Um, Bruce Hector is a guy that I know they like Bruce Hector and maybe he's not a practice squad guy, but I think Taylor's past Hector. Hector was one of these guys last year who was doing this to a point okay. where you're like, you got to, maybe you got to keep him around and, and they practice squatted him, but like this is different with Taylor. So I, I would say he's probably ahead of him.
2: Yeah, I just haven't yeah. seen much from Hector at all. So. No,
1: it's not been there as as much as it was You know, probably a year ago. Did we skip the offensive line? I think we did, actually. Let's talk about that. We did. Yeah, we can go back. Here, because that's a big one as well. Uh, not for the starters, but the the, the big one is Stenberg versus uh, Kramer. Um, and probably Kendall Lamb versus uh, Matt Nelson versus Skipper, I, I suppose. Because I thought Kendall Lamb actually looked pretty good at right tackle there. Um, Left tackle, I think, was an adventure. But anyway, (laughs) Stenberg and Tommy both looked good, I thought. Both played well. Um, Not sure how it was in the practices, but in the game. And when I say looked good, they played well. They were moving people, and the Lions were running the ball like you would expect the first team to do it. So this, this debate here between those two, I think, is much harder than it was a week ago, which is really good news for Logan Stenberg. But the bad news for Logan is that Kramer can play center guard and tackle. And I was going to say he got some hand.
2: center reps. So yeah,
1: so uh, you know, I have a very hard time seeing them cutting Tommy Kramer right now. If they're trusting him with center reps in a game, man, it seems like come they're on.
2: giving him reasons to continue mm-hmm. proving himself and continue yeah. to be out there and more Evan proves Brown. value, I should
1: say. Evan Brown is, is a dude. Evan Brown's not going to be here next year. Evan Brown will be your backup for one more year <laughs> behind Frank. So somebody will sign him next year. I mark it down. Like, there's no way that's not going to happen. And Kramer will be your next. Uh, if I had to guess, that's their plan. Okay. And for Stenberg, that's a tough one. Because he has played better. And maybe he's a guy that lands somewhere else. But it took him so long. He got hurt. And there's just not a lot of positional versatility there. But he is now starting to do... Some of the reasons why you saw when Patricia drafted him, it was he's a mauler. And when he gets underneath people, it can get rolling. Um, mm-hmm. And so there was some good stuff in there, but I, I wonder if it's too little too late for him.
2: It was nice to see even that entire second team offensive line kind they of play well there and play the way they did. Really I mean, they, well. 174 rushing yards, it kind of yeah, paved the way up there. Yeah, dominated it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was good to see. And, you know, again, you hope that you never have to see a ton of these guys. I mean, they're going to no, rotate right. it a little bit maybe, but... <laughs> Uh, you hope that yeah. you never have to see them because uh, your starting five is so good and that potential that group is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is nice to kind of figure that out now. And I mean, th- again, some more tough decisions for the for the coaching staff there.
1: Yeah, the one uh, the, the one I guess that I'd like to, the, I think Kramer probably has that done unless he falls apart or something. We'll see. Uh, but the one I guess that'll still be really interesting in this Pittsburgh game will be Kendall Lamb in those tackles, mm-hmm. like because he's. Yeah. Right. He's a, he's a veteran and he knows how to do this, you know. Like and the other guys are veterans too, but he's had more experience. And to my eye, he was he was better and more impactful in the run game than any of the tack, any of the backup tackles have been at any point in camp. Um, which you know he's got pass protection stuff to work on, but every backup tackle in the league does. Give me a guy who can go out there and move a guy. You know what I mean? Like that's what I would I would rather see if I were them. So we'll see uh, sort of how that shakes out. Going back to the defense here, linebacker. Um, I don't know. Trending up is we talked about Barnes and Rodriguez. Obviously, I think both those guys are trending up still. Uh, beyond that, though, do we have any uh, ups or is it is that pretty much it? I
2: think that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, um, it's been uh, kind of stasis or down in every other every other spot.
2: We we had Sean Dion Hamilton on the down list, and he, yeah, and he ended saw. up getting cut. So right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jared Davis, you know, you can tell that they still like Jared um, a lot, and maybe Jared's a guy that makes it on special teams. He would be the one candidate that could surprise you. Another or,
2: one of those. Well you mentioned know. keeping Blau around just because of you know what yeah, he brings off similar. the field. He might be the defensive version of that, but again, yeah. what's at work? Exactly. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can justify that with the way the roster is now and these tough decisions coming up. No. So.
1: Not when you – not if it means you have to cut somebody like Chase Lucas or something. You know, like right. there's no way. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be Chris Boards in there. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Pittman, I think, is probably a guy that has a – they like him. I think that they like some of the versatility he gives them. I think he could make it. But the rest of them there, I, I don't think Jared – I have a hard time with that one. I, we'll see. Yeah. He'd have to have an amazing last week and a half or two weeks here. Um, and then here we go. The secondary uh, <laughs> like where this, I you this know is the, this is
2: the part that's going to get us like <coughs> names. This, I feel like
1: I've been you're... watching the waiver wire too to see who's out there. who's Who else has been cut? But yeah, yeah. it's that's um, tough it's I don't know, man. Like I know I saw the quotes from uh, Glenn the other day where he was like, Will Harris and Jeff Okuda are both going to have a role in this defense. And I was like, that doesn't sound good, man. Like, that's not what <laughs> I wanted to hear. You want to hear that Okuda is the starting two. Or whatever, think, like right. I, that
2: might just be coach speak to keep those guys I guess, both engaged, though, because we'll Jeff's been getting the, the yeah, reps. There. Yeah, fair. Like, fair. they they they're. And he was better last and, week. He was better last week. Yeah, they're showing us, not telling us with those reps. Yeah, like Jeff's out there first every single time. So that's good.
1: And Will will play. Maybe that. Maybe that. So maybe that's more for Will Harris's benefit than it is for Akuda. That's for good. It. Yeah. So that's not. I don't hate that, but at the same time, and he was better last week, and it seemed like he was better on Thursday in those practices. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have too many. I don't think he had any issues in the game. Um, But, you know, the questions are all still absolutely there. Oh, like, sure. you, you don't have point, a one. We
2: just have to see it in games. Like, I don't yeah. even care what he does in the preseason game, the last one. He just got to – on Sundays when the regular season is here, we need to see him perform and we need yeah. to see him get, get those reps. Otherwise- and it's got to
1: be – everybody that they keep in the secondary has to be all IQ and all head and all smarts, right? Like, no mistakes, no mental, because there's no margin for error back there. You know, and I think we've seen that a bunch of times with the near misses and. You know, very close on this, but not quite there. You just don't have studs back there, Mm -hmm. you know, and like you gotta play together and you gotta play as a unit. And that's why when we talk about a guy like Lucas, like I can't see a situation where they let him go because. He's, he's going to be a glue guy out there. If he's oh, out there, you're going to trust him, right? I love Chase Lucas. Yeah. And I'm, like, like, it's hard right, to Even him. hard
2: knocks, he's out there talking shit. <laughs> like, yeah, right.
1: The whole that. time.
2: like Scrappy just, seventh rounder yeah. just going at him nonstop. Not giving him, a damn. Is. He's like
1: 28 years old. Like, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they have, I mean, but him, Savion Smith has outperformed, I would argue, the rest of those backups. I mean, he's been better than the guys that we've seen them keep before. Uh, Bobby Price and some of those other guys. And maybe that's, but, you know. That's another young guy who was a Savion Smith played at Alabama. He can, he can play like he's a. Just give him a chance, like you. That's the kind of stuff that they found with Jacobs last year, who was going to come back. He didn't. He wasn't on pup. We didn't mention that. That's good for them. But, um, God man, it still seems like a lot of stuff up for grabs back there.
2: We might be higher on Lucas and and Savion Smith than other people. Maybe. Um, but I, I mean, I like those two dudes. They they've been competitive out there and that's what I want out of like, exactly. the That's what I'd rather have. Position. So, I don't I mean, know. Mike, we'll the guy that's we'll been playing see. over, you know, Chase at, or at the mm-hmm. middle spot. And, you know, maybe that's a better that sign. That could be, they games, want to, but that
1: could be, yeah, that could be, they want to see him, you know, yeah. right now. Yeah. And, you know, these are, these are the times where it's hard this time of year where you don't want to get too caught up in the guessing what they're looking for, because like they could have made their mind up on, you know, because like we said earlier, they've only cut, they've only had to cut a couple guys and they made all the, the pup moves and everything else. So they've now put themselves in the situation where they got to make like most of their cuts here on the last yeah. swing. But, a lot. Yeah. but I mean, if you're doing it right, you've already made up your mind on a lot of other, you know, for the most part in those situations. So I think
2: Campbell yeah. said, uh, earlier this week <clears throat> that I think someone asked him, uh, how many roster decisions are like up for grabs or, you know, the, the yeah. back and forth there. I think he said like eight to 10,
1: eight to 10. Um, so, okay. So, there you go. So and if you'd asked him that last year at this time, he would have said probably like 25, you know, or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. no shit. It would have been like 20. They cut both kickers because, all the, because they were like, we don't know. Neither of them were good. We're not going to keep, you know, it was just like, yeah. we're not going to do this. We're not going to just keep guys. It was wild. I that remember last hilarious.
2: year, not
1: just the kickers. That was the one that got all the headlines, but like the corners that they went into the season with last year. People did not give it. Chris and I were like, this can't happen. You can't do this. Like, this is not. And they did it, and they survived it. And it's like, it was, I, it was a testament to that survived it. They weren't good, but, like, whatever, right? It was just like, if you played hard and you gave us what we asked, you're on the team. If yeah. you did everything we asked you to do and did it to the best and you kept and you didn't make the same mistake twice, you're on the team. That was last year. That's not how it is now. Now it's, like, we've talked about this this whole show. There's a lot of spaces and uh, you can see on this roster where there's going to have to be legitimately hard decisions where you're going to lose a guy – that's probably going to go somewhere else and make a team, or maybe get a chance. Uh Wouldn't shock me at all if we see something like that. So that's that's, that's good
2: though. That's all good. That's in very good. Opinion. Yeah, like it means that's what that you you're want in the right direction. Yep. So
1: that's exactly what you want. This is not college. So yeah. like on on the Lions go, Uh Pittsburgh. This you're not, Are you going to Pittsburgh? You're not going, are you? I'm not. I'll be working from my couch. Yeah, you will be uh from your couch. I will be here as well. Not in Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll get to see Kenny Pickett. Are you excited for that? That'll be. uh I'm yeah. sure he'll get a. Kenny Pickett's probably, probably going to get a lot of run here in this game.
2: I would guess. I don't know if they're sitting. And uh, he's been niche, good. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I imagine been get really get lot good. Of run there. Yeah.
1: So that'll be a good test for this Lions secondary because if they're not careful, Kenny Pickett will <laughs> carve their ass up like no problem. But mm-hmm. uh, we will be here next week to talk about it either way. Uh, be sure to check out all the content we have up at The Athletic. We'll have more. Like Colton's got his Hard Knocks recap up now. We'll have more stuff later this week, of course. Uh, heading in and out of the game. And then I think right after the game, probably early next week, Colton, we'll do a, another 53-man before the final cut. So uh, in any event, uh, thanks for listening this week as always. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Uh, for Colton and the great Chris Burke, I'm Nick Bumgarner. We'll talk to you later.